Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Maricatani with Matt Chat. Today it is my real honor to be by, joined by Coach John Smith from Oklahoma State University. Coach, before I get into the questions, first of all, just thanks for taking the time to do this and thanks for letting us put it on video here at Track Wrestling. You bet, Dave. So you got a chance to you know run into you a little bit yesterday and talk to a lot of people about some of the questions I want to want to ask you. And there's so many thoughts going through my head, so I'm just gonna kind of dive right into it. Um, the last time I think I saw you was just recently in Nebraska at the World Team Trials, and really I just want to start with what are your thoughts on the state of American freestyle wrestling where we are today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... Oh, I think, you know, I think we're always striving to be a little better than what we've been, you know. I think, uh, you know, uh, winning a couple medals at the uh, Olympics in uh, 2016, you know, I don't think that's what we're looking for, just two medals. It was nice that one of them was a gold, though, right? Uh, right. Good thing. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, the direction of, of, uh, where wrestling has gone a little bit at the international level with six weights uh, uh, limits you a little bit to maybe have stronger teams than you, like you've had in the past. So uh, we got to kind of refocus and probably, you know, gather up our ideas of how we can, you know, uh, get back to uh, uh, four and five medals. You know, I think there, there has been a, a nice move. I think we're going to see next year with the additional weight classes, and, mm -hmm. and that's that's real good for sport, and, and uh, as well as keep people involved. You know, sure. I've always said world championship was was just as important to me as an Olympic gold medal, and at times I felt like they were tougher to win, and probably are tougher to win because everybody's there. You know, uh, with the Olympics um, uh, being a qualifying event, you got to qualify to go. Sometimes you don't see some of the guys that cause you problems because they can't get there. That's really an interesting point. Yeah. I never thought about you know, it that So way. there's, there's uh, definitely several wrestlers in the world that, that guys have to compete against that, that have problems with them, um, but yet uh, they can't qualify through their uh, hemisphere or, or uh, through their qualifier. So um, to me, a world championship's a lot tougher to win than, than an Olympic gold medal today um, because of the number of additional people you have to go through. It's interesting, and you're really one of the few people qualified to make that statement. A lot of us is just conjecture. We're seeing, I think, a trend, like you mentioned about the two medalists, that the guys that are doing well seem to be getting younger and younger. I spoke to Cody Bickley at USA Wrestling. He said the age of the medalist in 2012 were 26 point something, and this year was 23 point something. What, as a guy that's seen and done everything, what do you attribute that trend to? I don't know if it's a trend. I mean, it was a route I took as well, coming in a young age, finishing up pretty young as well. But um, uh, I think the grind of a college season has prepared uh, maybe our last two medalists at the Olympics, prepared them um, to have um, strong performances. Um, you know, that's not the model I think we should be using is, you know, um, we need some guys that have been in freestyle for two or three and four years and out of school and that, that are winning gold medals as well. So uh, we might get that in the future. You sure. Know? Um, so, uh, you know, it's just a dynamic that, uh, you know, guys like Bill Gazadik need to figure out, you know, um, uh, two medals is not enough. You know, we need to do better than that. We're better. Got a lot of resources that, uh, um, that, 
you know, a lot of places don't have, we should be doing better. Well, and, and you touched on this, the thoughts on the folk style versus freestyle debate. My opinion is that the collegiate season, the grind, making weight, all that stuff, and just the physical and mental toughness that goes with that, you've seen that with guys like Jordan Burroughs come right out, Jake Herbert come right out, Jaden come right out, Kyle Snyder come right out. But my opinion is really, you know, a drop in the bucket compared to somebody with your knowledge. So what do you think on the thoughts on the folk style versus freestyle debate? Uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's really a debate. I mean, uh, I don't know what you mean by well, debate. Well, I guess folks, these guys that are leaving folk style and jumping right into freestyle. Well, it's been, we've, we've been successful for a long time doing that, right? I right. Mean, um, you know, a lot of our, our first-time medalists uh, have come straight out of that, that uh, scenario where, they finished their collegiate season in March and, and in August or September win a, win a medal at the World Championships. We won a lot of gold medals, you know. Uh, uh, it's just that routine of, of training probably that's made the difference in a level of conditioning that you can only get in folk-style wrestling. So that's a good thing we have, you know. I, I don't think it's a disadvantage for us by any means. I think it's a, it's definitely an advantage to uh, our teams that we have some of those guys making it. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of questions. I'm going to kind of jump around. I just literally spoke to one of your ex-athletes and, you know, told him I was about to do this interview. And he said one of the questions he brought up was, what was it like growing up in your family? You know, I know you guys use the phrase pressure is a privilege at Oklahoma State. I know the expectations are of greatness, but growing up with, with Leroy and, and the Perry family, and, you know, I know you guys are all family. And, you know, I've talked to Chris about this, you know, his national titles were expected. How have you guys dealt with that, and how have they, you guys literally done so well? You kind of figure, like, someone's going to eventually just kind of not be that good, and it seems like you guys just keep doing well. Where do you think that all comes from, and how do you think you guys are making that happen? Well, I think, you know, it's uh, there's a level of support system there that you, you need in a family that really creates uh, an environment where you don't feel the pressure, but yet, uh, you know, you're doing this um, to see how far and how deep you can get into the sport, you know. So um, uh, I think it, it, there, it's it's a long answer, put it that way, you know. Uh, but to, to simplify it is, is it's a support system that allows for success, you know, that uh, diminishes the, the pressure a lot of times um, between siblings. Um, uh, you know, one sibling feeling like they they have to do what another one did that doesn't exist really. You know, your family's not like that. No, it's it's being proud of your whatever each one has done and and using it to help you rather than uh, affect your your personality or affect your desire to do do as well as you can. You know, so we shouldn't be penalizing ourselves because I have a brother that's that was a superstar. You know, we sure. we reward ourselves and learn as much as we can from them, and and be proud of them, and be proud of our own accomplishments. Go out and carve your own path in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and this leads to you know, besides your parents and your family, who are some of the most important mentors or centers of influence that led to your success as an athlete? Well, you know, I'd start with my oldest brother, Leroy. You know, I mean, it's. Uh, Growing up and, and him being the oldest that started started in the sport, you know, he was always uh, always kind of there, and, and sometimes uh, he was tough. There wasn't anything easy about it. I mean, he was a tough guy on me, especially. Yeah. You know, and, and um, 
uh, you know, you get to you get to train with them when they're doing some special things like trying out for the world team and, and trying out for the Olympics. Uh, you know, and you realize real quickly you're not in that league. You're, you're you know, it's way you know you 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 envision wrestling being one thing, and all of a sudden when your brother's trying out for the Olympics and uh, you're seeing the level of commitment there. Uh, you realize, you know, that's not me, you know, and, and if it's something I want to do, I, I get where I need to go. So being able to visualize that and seeing it was very important for me, you know, although um, it was hard and, and at times I didn't want to do it, uh, you know, in the end, it, it was uh, real important in my career. Um, so Leroy obviously was uh, a powerful influence. Tommy Chesbro, you know, Tommy Chesbro was, a, was my first coach here at college and coached me for one year, but I spent a lot of time with him when I was from the ages of 15 to about 18 doing camps that he did uh, here in Stillwater all over the country back when, you know, several camps was real popular to do. Uh, you know, I just I spent a lot of time uh, just developing skill and technique under him, you know, and um, really was the first guy that, that uh, sent the message to me that skill and technique was going to win. You know, and that's always been my theory. His first skill and uh, technique, and then then conditioning. You know, and um, you know, we all know if you don't have the conditioning, it's hard to win anything. Sure, right. right? But um, I, I really put the emphasis in my career on my skill, and I just had a lot of pride about finishing matches hard and, and never letting anybody uh, uh, convince me that you're going to wear me out. You know, so. Um, you know, we we tend to have a little, put a lot of emphasis on conditioning and how hard it is to get in that shape. Well, I never looked at it that hard because uh, I was just going to be prepared, always prepared, and I was going to out outskill you, and I was going to utilize my skill and technique. But really, Coach Chesbro was the one that that kind of um, put that into my head, and really. It, it was something I used in entire, my entire wrestling career, you know, that I wanted to get better. I wanted to bring something new to the table each and every year after each championship. I wanted him to see a little bit of a different wrestler the following year. Like, he's added something, you know. And now he's got a leg lace, you know. Now he's got a gut wrench to the left side, you know. And now he's got uh, a, a straight, a good high crotch, you know. So, you know, it was important to me to continue to develop my skill because that's the way I thought. Yeah, it sounds like he's not only influenced your athletic career, but how you coach your guys. That's that's really interesting. Um, I think I've read you say, or, or read, or heard you say that your match with Jim Jordan was a crucial point in your career. Then it seems to me that like losing seems to influence mentally strong people significantly more than weak people. What adjustments to your training and mindset did you make after that match? Well, I think when you think of Jim Jordan, I was a sophomore, true sophomore college, and he was a senior that year. Um, I just felt like he shut me down completely. You know, I just didn't have really an answer to him. And, and, and of course, uh, he had a lot of power that, that I didn't have at the time. Um, you know, I think you know, it was just one of those matches when you walk off and you're going, you know, if I wrestled this again in a week, I'm not sure I would have beat him in a week. You know, and if I wrestled in six months, I'm not sure I would have beat him in six months. You know, um, you know I'm proud to see what he's doing. Um uh, you know, right now, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, he's as tough as, as tough as a, you know, a house representative he ever was <laughs> as a wrestler, too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it just it was one of those things that I just didn't have an answer. So 
uh, again, uh, what do you do? You, you tell yourself, man, I got to get better. You know, so it was it was a time as a sophomore, 19 year old sophomore in college uh, going, got to get better. You know, I, I can't beat this guy today and I probably wouldn't beat him next week. You know, a lot of us come off the mat saying we could I could I could have won that match. Well, I couldn't have won it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I was convinced that uh, it was time to get better. Yeah, that's and I think that honesty is really interesting. I got you know, when I spoke to you at the Big 12s. You and I had a conversation about how difficult it is to do what Jaden Cox and Kyle Snyder did, did this year, to come back and compete in the NCAAs after winning Olympic medals, you know, the mental letdown, the difficulty of keeping focus, et cetera. And you told me a great story about your experience in that situation with Gil Sanchez. Would you mind telling that story again for the people watching? Yeah, you know, I won a world championships. I didn't win. I didn't. I didn't wrestle in the Olympics that year. I wrestled in the Olympics uh, this uh, after my senior year. But right. my junior year, after I won the NCAA championship, I wrestled in the world championships that year and, and uh, uh, won the world championship. Came back the next year, and my first match back got beat um, pretty handily by uh, Gil Sanchez, um, and. Um, just a really humbling experience for me, you know, uh, kind of embarrassing being a world champion and, and losing your first match back. <laughs> back in college, I yeah. think uh, <laughs> th- those that uh, out there that knew Gil at the time uh, knew how good he was as well. I mean, it wasn't a slight. I ended up wrestling Gil Sanchez in the finals of the uh, NCAA championships that year, too. He was so, legit. So yeah. he was a legit guy. That, <laughs> yeah. Um, but really what happened was I neglected um, to realize – how tough collegiate really is. Really? Yeah. You know, I, I, I wasn't ready on the bottom, you know, and he was really good on top. And He was good on top. And I didn't respect that. Uh, I, I forgot how hard it was to ride. You know, I forgot about all the scrambles, you know, I forgot <laughs> about a lot of things that, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, you just, um, you spend, you, you know, you spend from the time you, you finish up, you know, I was in a red shirt year that year, so you know I was away from it, right? And in the end, um, I never made that mistake again. You know, not only as a wrestler, but but uh, even as a coach. So I know there's a big difference in folk style wrestling. It's tough. It's tough. Top and bottom's tough. It's nothing easy about it. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, that's where I got I got whipped after winning the world championship was on top and bottom. You got to tell the part of the story about after you lost. What happened? Well, I got beaten. I ended up, uh, you know, a couple of days later, uh, going over to uh, chasing him at a tournament over in Omaha, and uh, I just couldn't stomach it. You know, I just you uh, told coach you were going whether you weren't. Well, getting I, I ended up going, and <laughs> my team ended up. You know, I think a couple of us traveled over there. The team came back after a dual meet in Lincoln, but. Um, and make a long story short, it just I was I was determined that that was a fluke, and um, I ended up going over and, and wrestling him. You know, I want to say it was I can't remember if it was a day later or two days later or maybe the next weekend. It, but it was close. Know. Yeah, yeah. I, it, <laughs> I think it might have been a couple of days later. You know, we wrestled dual meet Lincoln, and but um, and I go over there and I'm I'm convinced that I'm just going to tear into him and and this. You're going to yeah. wreck them this time. Well, right? I ended up winning by two and felt like I just hung up. You know, you know I realized that, uh, you know, this guy's good. This you guy's know, really and, good. and yeah. maybe I need to go back and start working on my skill a little bit back in folk style, how to get off the bottom. 
I love that story when you're telling to me just how you wouldn't let that taste of defeat. No, you know, you know, and I did win, but it took everything I had. You know, it wasn't easy. You know, it's not what I thought. I thought I was going to go over there and put on a show for myself to, yeah. to re, you know, to rejuvenate my my attitude. You know, uh, but I found out uh, this collegiate is tough, and this guy's good, and I better respect him. And we ended up uh, wrestling the NCAA championships. Yeah. Well, I know the wrestling community, deservedly so, looks at you as a wrestling innovator, someone who literally changes sport with your low-level attacks, your footwork, and your high-level and high-percentage finishes. How do you look at your impact on the sport from that perspective? Well, um, you know, I think you, you look at it and you did influence. You know, you just feel pretty, pretty, uh, you know, you'd be, you feel... You feel good about uh, some of the things that you've done. And and in the end, um, I think we've had a lot of Americans do that. You know, I look at guys like Tom Brands, you know, and attitude and, and the, the, the confidence, him and Terry, mm-hmm. uh, the confidence they had. They influenced a lot of people and just their pure um, attitude on the mat, you know. Uh, maybe I did it in skill, but a lot of guys like Tom and Terry did it with attitude and, and people in, in were influenced by that and uh, uh, even Kel Sanderson and and his finesse and in and, and combination with, uh, you know, going to the head and doing some things that just, you know, for a big guy uh, was impressive, you know. Yeah, so sure. I, I don't think it's just was me. I think we had a lot of people that are, have been, um, you know, been people that have changed the sport in some ways, in, in different ways, you know. Uh, we've been influenced uh, quite a bit uh, by the Russians, you know. Um, guys like Fedzayev and uh, Belaglazov, Satyev, you know, mm-hmm. people we see some of the things they're doing and, and uh, we bring it back to America. So, uh, you know, we're just, I'm one of few. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to see the low single leg when I hit it back in, uh, uh, you know, from 87 through 92 and, and what seeing how it's developed over the years and how, how individuals have taken it even further, you know, things that I didn't do, you know, but sometimes you get credit for it. You started that yeah. evolution. Though, sometimes sure. you get credit for it, but really I didn't, I didn't finish that way or, you know, do some of the things. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's healthy, you know, that's what we call involving the sport. And, right. And, um, it never, if you sit and sit around and wait, um, you know, you're going to fall behind because of sports involved. Yeah, and I, that leads to my next question. I actually think you helped create another style of wrestling, although probably unintentionally. I think with the guys that you trained and how successful they were at the leg attacks you were doing that people couldn't defend it. So things like ankle diving, passovers, and the new scrambling world developed because these guys couldn't keep you off their legs or guys off their legs, so they just started going in the other direction. Do you look at it that way, and, and how do you feel about the defensive style of wrestling and scrambling that that's so prevalent in college wrestling today? Yeah, I don't know if I did any of that really. I mean, it's that's there's, you know, but whatever, you know, it, it's probably credit to a lot of people that created some of that. But um, you know, we're probably talking more like for, for folk style wrestling. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, people that sit around and say that's not exciting, I, I don't get it. You know, <laughs> um, you know. I mean, some of it's diehard freestyle people, right? Right. Old, um, old school, yeah. But I mean, there's some good stuff going on, you know, pretty exciting. And, and uh, you know, nobody wants to sit around and watch somebody, you know, stand around and go 1-1. One, one. 
Right. Well, that's that's not any good in freestyle or folk style. Um, but uh, there's a lot of things going on in folk style right now, especially in two matches guys want to win. And, and we're seeing some, some, some unbelievable scores. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with a lot of people. I don't want to see somebody just hold someone down. Right. You know, I, I, I'm not, I don't care for that, you know. Um, but, you know, we don't, we don't see that very often anymore. You know, it's hard to hold people down. A lot of things have gone to our feet, you know. Uh, I'd like to see some baseline defense again. again but <laughs> you know what? There's some guys out there that just love collegiate style, and they don't plan on wrestling any freestyle. Yeah. Right? And right. they're good. Yeah. And you know, think win. of how many national champions over the last, you know, 50 years that never stepped on, that never tried freestyle. Right. They're out there. <laughs> There's a lot of right? them. Right? They were great folk style wrestlers, and they could roll through your legs, and they could scram. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, I don't mind having some of those guys. You know, they, they evolve folk style wrestling. I mean, right. those are the guys evolving it. You know, so those are the guys that we're trying to figure out how to stop someone from jumping through our legs, and they're putting us on alert that uh, something's coming that, you're not going to see in freestyle, you know. <laughs> right. So I like it, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm proponent of where that goes, you know. It's it's forced me to learn a lot of wrestling, folk-style wrestling on to the keep mat. Keep evolving. A- absolutely. If you sit down and wait for that, you're going they're going they're going to kick your ass with it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, you touched on this a little bit, but I really wanted, you know, personally I want to know in your mind what set you or, you know, the Kyle Snyders, the, the Russians, you talked about the highest level Olympic champion, the Jordan Burroughs. What are the traits that set a champion apart? I mean, things like I think of things like mental toughness, athleticism, intellect, tactics, technique. You, you spoke specifically about technique and skill. What are these things that you see these in a, in a bundle in a person? You go, I think that guy could be special. I think he could be a world or Olympic champion. Um, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you, your career was so long ago for me that I don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to get into it. But let's take a Kyle Snyder, you know, I just see him sk- scoring all the time in critical moments, you know, critical moments where champions are made, where you win gold medals, uh, you win national championships. I mean, yeah, with Kozowski a couple yeah, years ago. I mean, you just critical moments, you just execute, you know, those, those. Not afraid to execute, not afraid to be the one that, that pulls the trigger, you know. Um, I guess that's easy to say. How do you develop that, you know? I mean, that's the key. That's hard, right? Yeah, that's, that's well, that's that mentality that you've built up. And, and there's a determination level of uh, how you were brought up. And, you know, for me, you know, it was, you know, I was brought up with an older brother that was tough and tough on me. And um, I was brought up in a system here at Oklahoma State that was uh, – you know, skill related and, and um, tough guys and tough people. And, you know, you're not, you know, if I need to score, I'm going to learn how to score, you know. So, uh, you know, it, there's no there's no system. I mean, sometimes the system is uh, we all got lucky because I shouldn't say lucky, but we all were fortunate to be in a in and around people at the right time in our life. Yeah. Right. Sergeant alignment. And I think there's a lot of people, a lot of athletes that are in that situation, but never take advantage of it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. Lazy. Uh, maybe don't want it as much as the next guy. Uh, maybe they don't, you know, they're not interested in being freestyle wrestler. 
you know, uh, want to attack that. Uh, so, you know, I just think, you know, most of us are in a pretty good environment. Once you get to college and you get, you know, I mean, you get to the right program, uh, most of us are in a pretty good environment that we can, we, we have those opportunities. I mean, I'm not talking about being a six-time world champion, but maybe have an opportunity to win an NCAA championship, have an opportunity to make a world team, uh, do some of those things, and how we want to want to use them um, uh, just kind of depends on uh, how what we're willing to focus on the on the people that make differences for us. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. I kind of want to jump a little bit over to collegiate now. Just first of all, what do you think the state or the general health of college wrestling is? Well, I think we just probably had our, our last couple of years the best collegiate seasons we've ever had. Yeah. In the history of the sport, you know, I think I think we're living the good old days right now. You know, with attendance and with, uh, um, uh, you know, level of ath- athletes that we have. Um, Becoming all Americans, uh, the number of schools that are now in the middle of, of being competitive. Um, I think if you look at you know eighty years ago, um, I think you could only look at one or two programs that could you know win a championship or have a guy that could win a national title. I think um, today is it's a different story. You know it's. It's, finalists from so many different schools. Yeah, just it, it's just a different story, and and um, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes we're so consumed by um, what can be wrong with wrestling, rather than kind of waking up, going, "Wow, this is really a great season for college wrestling." Yeah, you know, I mean. Um, look at the negatives there's negatives in every sport you know i don't think we ever feel relaxed like we're in great shape but, but i do think sometimes we just need to kind of recognize a lot of good things are happening you know and uh, you look at oklahoma state you know uh, um, you know this past year we had eight all-americans more than we've ever had and uh, a program that's over a um, hundred years old you yeah know? Uh, we set uh, a record that can never be broken in Gallagher-Iber Arena, you know, our most attendance, you know, uh, ever. Yeah. You know, I'm not talking about even 50 years ago, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had our best season ticket sales ever. I think a lot of a lot of programs have that. You yeah. Know? I so I just right. think sometimes we got to go, hey, it's good right now, you know. I mean, could we lose another program, drop another? Yeah, but that's, you know, sometimes that isn't in our control. You got to control what you can control. Yeah, and I think we do a pretty good job. I was a little disappointed that the national duels is not going to happen next year, but uh, maybe setting out a year and refocusing on what what the plan needs to be is good. I'm willing to suspend it for a year. Uh, we shouldn't do that. You know, those are things that we shouldn't do. I, yeah, I agree. You know, but yeah. you know, um, let's let's see where it goes. Let's try to rebuild it and and get everybody on board. And, and we need a national duels. So. We'll see where it goes. I, I think we could see some changes in college wrestling. Maybe, maybe not. But um, in the end, um, I think there's a lot of good things happening, you know. And, you know, so I think we ought to just kind of recognize that uh, we're in some good days right now in college wrestling. Yeah. 
you know, I, I walk in this place today to do the interview with you, and it's been a few years since I just kind of looked around, and I walked in and I saw the list of coaches that have coached here, and the list is small, and the list is elite. What does that mean to you to be a part of that list of the great coaches here from Oklahoma State? Well, you know, you just kind of recognize that, you know, I'm part of this program. You know, this program made me, you know, it's you know, I'm not, you know, somebody that's made it. <laughs> you know, it's made me. Um, and I love playing that role. You know, it's a good role. I mean, it's an enjoyable role to know that you're part of something. You know, you're part of a legacy and, and that is sustained over a long period of time and, and that is your administration's committed to uh, the sport and um you know so you know it's it's a good feeling to be a part of something right i mean and i'm part of oklahoma state and i'm uh, it's it's made uh, it's helped make me you know who i am today yeah here at Oklahoma State, you have you guys have the ability to recruit and sign the best kids in the country. I mean, kids grow up dreaming about being a cowboy. So you can obviously be very selective about who you bring into the program. What are the traits that you're looking for in a young man, and, and what are red flags that, that you tend to, you know, you would avoid at all costs? Well, you know, first off, you don't get who you want. A lot of times, you know, people assume that. You get, um, that, that doesn't happen, you know. A lot of people are recruiting the kids, same kids you're recruiting. Sure. And you miss out a lot of times, but you you just, you just move on. And sometimes you don't always get what you're looking for. I mean, you'd like that, you know. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work that way, you know. So, I mean, it's always good to have a student, somebody that's a student that can come in and handle the fact that, uh, you know, they're going to – focus on their academics and and also be able to put a lot of time into wrestling. I mean, that's the kind of way it goes, you know. Right. So that student's important to us. You know, it's, and I would say most of the coaches would tell you the same thing. You know, it's nice to have good students, guys that are going to be committed. You know, it doesn't mean that they don't have to work hard or work harder than some of their teammates because they don't get it as easy. Uh, but those kids that work hard academically, they make they make – it's a lot easier on their coaches, you know. So as a junior college guy, I really understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, you look for that student first because that's really important part. And um, you know, for me, um, there's a lot of things you look at, David. Um, but you know, one thing about recruiting is you don't get always who you want. So you're getting sometimes you get a diverse of, of men, uh, young men that. Uh, have issues and problems of, of, that are different, and you work within that individual and, and try to make them a better athlete, better person, uh, better student all around. And you know, um, and you have problems. You mm-hmm. know, problems do exist. You know, and there's issues all the time. You know, uh, doesn't mean that we're not staying focused on our our goals and the things that we want to accomplish, but. You know, nobody has a perfect program. I, I can promise you that. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I'll be the first to tell you that. You know, but uh, it's how you handle those problems, how you work through problems, and how you get to a better place. Yeah, it seems to me that over the years that your coaching style has adjusted, you know, adapted, evolution. Those things we've talked about. It, it, just from my point of view, it seemed at the beginning like you wanted to coach guys that were good at what you did as an athlete. And maybe less so now you're just coaching guys and helping them get better at what they're good at and being good in these critical situations, scoring points in crucial moments. 
is am I observing that correctly? Not and, and what's your point of view in terms of how do you look at the art of coaching? Well, I don't know if you know. I don't know if I look for guys that wrestled like me necessarily. Um, I like guys that wrestled like uh, Tom Brands. I just <laughs> that's <laughs> I awesome. like more. That's I like awesome. some guys that wrestle like Kale Sanders. I like, to, you know, yeah. No, I don't. I, I think we're all looking for guys that can wrestle, or, or you know, <laughs> that can win at that high level. Matter. You hit a low single leg, or if you hit a, a great double leg, you know. So uh, I think it's a little bit of a you know uh, over exaggerated a little bit, but anyway. Um, Like I said, you know, you just you really want to focus on um, the guys that you get, you know, that decide to be Oklahoma State Cowboys and work within their abilities to to be great. You know, um, I'll tell you right now, we, we all love guys that can score points. Right. Sure. And I don't care how you do it. Let's try to get it done. <laughs> right. right. You know, so there ain't all my guys don't hit a little single legs. You know? Right. You know, our, our last three-time national champion was a great uh, post-high crotch guy, yeah. you know, blowing right through him in, in a good near-arm far Early. leg, you yeah. know. Um, and he could get on your head and stay on your head, Alex Derringer. Yeah. You know, um, so his style was a little, you know, yeah. you know, a little different. So uh, it, it's exaggerated. So we're looking for guys that can score points and how we get that done. This can be different for all of them. Yeah. Where you make a mistake is trying to just focus on – one style, right? Right. There's a lot of different ways to win, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a guy like you has been all over the world. You, you know, you've seen He's that more than a Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm the son of a college wrestling coach, and I wrestled for him in college. You know, you're obviously coaching your son, Joseph, who's going into his junior year here. What is that like? How is it different from what maybe you anticipated it would be? And how hands-on are you with him versus letting him be coached by his cousin, Chris Perry, and some of your other coaches? It's been good. You know, it's not it's never easy. I don't think it's easy coaching your son, whether it's in high school or college. Uh, um, you know, um, you know, for Joe, it's been, it's been mostly trying to get him healthy, you know. So he's been injured a couple of times and had some, had some issues with those injuries. But in the end, he's, he's done a good job of, of bouncing back and trying to find a way to finish your season strong. So all that experience and, and adversity maybe that sometimes young people feel, you know, it's pretty good stuff, you know, especially as a parent watching your son go through it and going, hey, this will help him, and, you know, outside wrestling one day and be a, make a difference for him when he, when he needs it most. So uh, it's good, and I look forward to finishing up his uh, next couple of years, maybe three years. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh you gonna break red shirt news here right now? No, <laughs> no, but, but but he does have three years, right? right? Yeah, you know, so whether he wrestles two and he has an additional additional uh, year, uh, uh, maybe to get his master's program. But uh, in the end, uh, I'm excited about the two years he has left. Yeah. Well, in many ways, this past season really like, and you touched on it with the attendance, but it was really sort of a storybook one for Oklahoma State. You guys destroyed the field at the Southern Scuffle. Won the Reno tournament without sending a majority of your starters. Went twenty-eight and two at the Big Tens with eight champions, two to runner-ups. Big Twelve. Big Twelves, excuse me, and had your entire team seated in the top ten and ended up with eight All-Americans. But the home dual meet loss to Penn State and taking third at the NCAs when you had a had to feel you could win it had to be disappointing. 
what are your impressions and feelings about about this coming season um, from the last season? How do you learn from it, and and how do you close the gap on Penn State? Uh, you know, you you have your ideas of what needs to happen, and sometimes those ideas you take some time to develop. But um, I think we're in a good place. I think if you can have eight All Americans every year, I think you're going to win a lot of championships. I, yeah, I agree. You know, so. It was one of those years that took more, you know, of course, give credit to Penn State. You know, you put five in, you win five. You know, that's going to be a hard number to beat, you know, that's, you know, no matter if you have eight or not. But I think most years, I think, you know, you, you have eight All-Americans, you're going to be right in the middle of it. So, you know, uh, those are things that, uh, you know, you don't look at your team and, and in, in a way of we were disappointed with this. We're not disappointed, you know. Sure. It's a great year, you know, and, and – um Let's do it again. Right. Yeah. Let's do it again. Let's let's have eight every year, nine, you know. Um, and uh, and I think we'll get our share of championships if, if you think that way. So it's a good year. And, and uh, for us, you know, would be nice to have more finalists, you know, but um, that's not easy to say, you know. Um, only 20 spots. <laughs> yeah, there's only 20 <laughs> spots. And, uh, um, you know. It's a it's a tough battle, you know. So I'm I'm pleased that the Big Twelve is is um, uh, what we're doing in the Big Twelve and the things in the proactive attitude of our conference uh, um, adding leaders, schools, yeah, things like our that. Commissioner yeah. and in our representative uh, of in, in wrestling. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm encouraged by what I see uh, they're what, what they're doing and what they're doing for uh, Big Twelve wrestling. They're helping us. Good. Helping all of us, and, and all of us that are part of Big Twelve wrestling, um, it's good to see uh, taking uh, taking the lead in what needs to happen uh, for our conference and maybe maybe some other conferences. Yeah, it was really the event the Big Twelve this past year in Tulsa, you know, in a separate venue, not on a college campus. Sort of the feel of what the NCAs are like a two day tournament, you know, a lot of teams versus when it was only four teams or five teams. Yep. Did you feel like that helped your guys with your preparation? As oh, well? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it helped. Right. Um, I, I just think that, uh, we've seen in the off season what's happened, you know, um, in our conference and, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to get tougher. And, you know, it just, um, it's good to see those things happen, you know, and, and, um, that's how you become competitive, and that's how you uh, um, help teams within your conference finish high and maybe win championships again. Yeah. When, you know, one of the things, I mean, I'm kind of a wrestling nerd and study history. You know, and when Iowa won all those titles in a row and then when Oklahoma State and you guys won those titles in a row, with Penn State now winning six out of the last seven, you know, the, you know, the term dynasty starts getting thrown around. Do you think having a team that's sitting on top, like when it was you guys and people were coming to get Oklahoma State or now people are coming to get Penn State or back in the day when Iowa was the team on top, do you feel like that's good for the sport? Oh, I don't, there's no question. I mean, Penn State winning is good for the sport. You know, we don't, I don't want to say them win anymore. Don't get me sure. wrong, but what's <laughs> happened, uh, you know, uh, I, I wish it wasn't at the expense of Kel Sanderson living the, leaving the Big 12, you know. Right. But, but you know. In the end, um, it, it's had it's not a negative. Um, it's been a positive, and uh, I just you know hopefully uh, you know we've seen enough. <laughs> <Maybe> change <laughs> a little bit. 
<laughs> that's, that's a great way to say it. Well, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I think you could and, and should coach forever, so please take this next question from that point of view. How much longer do you see yourself here at Oklahoma State, and whenever you do leave, do you see yourself staying tied to the program in a different role? Would you ever consider being the national team coach, or do you think you would step away entirely and just follow another path of passion? Well, you know, I think when you coach a long time, um, people assume that, uh, you know, you're you're thinking of retirement, you know. Um, you know, started when I was pretty young, you know. Really young, right? Really young, yeah. You know, um, you know I think you, you, I think all coaches should, should make plans. I think one thing I've always done, I'll just say this, one thing I've always done since after about my third year in college coaching is I plan on coaching the next year, and I don't really give a commitment outside that. You just know, take it twelve months at a time. Yeah, I think it, I think that you know it's just it, it's a tough game. It's 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 tough. It's not easy if you do it right. You know, yeah, and I think right? I think if you know you gotta you gotta look at it and say, are you ready to do it again? You know, and I've been ready. You know, I've been ready to do it again. You know, I've been you know I, I asked myself that you know a couple months after the season every year, and are you ready to go again? You know, and um, I have been ready. So you know, I think that you just. Instead of looking at, I'm going to coach another 10 years, I'm going to coach as long as I'm ready to do it again, you know? As long as you're excited about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, whether you're, you're 35 years old and you're coaching or whether, you know, you're 51, you know, sure. are you ready? Are you ready for that commitment? Are you ready for what what's required over a 12-month, you know, um, season, which, you know, you really start thinking about your season a month, a month and a half after nationals. What, what's, what's the plan? Who's falling into the lineup? Where do I need to go to recruit? What, you know, you start, you start planning and making plans. So, you know, I've, I've, I've felt really good about, um, where I'm at and what I'm doing. I feel really good, you know, and, um, uh, I've enjoyed it. You know, some of my best seasons have been the last several years, although falling a little short and winning the championship, um, they've been some good seasons and they've been some fun seasons. You know, um, we've done some things at Oklahoma State that, that uh, you know, that we haven't done in a long time. Right. You know? And that's, uh, uh, you know, strong, strong attendance and, and strong message, you know, uh, and, you know, having a lot of success. So, um, it's been good, you know? Yeah. So I just, I think, you know, when you talk about retirement, you talk about, you know, doing something else, um, you do that because, you know, for me it would be because I don't feel like I can maintain this, you know? So I'm not going to. Furthest thought from your mind right now. Huh? That's the furthest thought from your yeah. mind right now. You know, right now I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, building a team for the 2017 cup. and 18 season, you know, so. Um, it's been good, and uh, uh, college wrestling's been good. The last, I mean, I've enjoyed it probably more so in the last five to seven years than I than I ever have. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. You know, I mean, I mean, we 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 go and uh, and we're on TV for three solid days at the NCAA championship. I'd like to see us stretch our season out to where we're on TV more, especially our our um, our. Uh, postseason um, wrestling. I mean, we need to stretch that out, not just three days. We need to figure out how we can we can be on for six days. They'll show it, 
You You're know, right. If you think of the other sports. Six-day weigh-ins would be fun, but yeah. I don't know if it's six-day <laughs> weigh-ins, but, uh, you know, you could tie in some national dual meets. You'd tie in a lot. I mean, you look at you look at a lot of, of the college sports, and there are not many of them that just have three days in postseason. Yeah, the College World Series has been well, going yeah, on for two weeks. Yeah, that's way on. Yeah, but, but there's a lot more than that. No, I'm saying the whole thing. You know, yeah. you look at, look at golf and where they gone. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I think if we can figure out a way to stretch our season and postseason out to where we get more, you know, the three days of coverage ESPN has had for us has been outstanding. You know, let's let's get six or seven. You know, be, that that would be really at. cool. I mean, for those of us that love watching wrestling. Think about it. You know, it's... Um, anyway. No, that's... <laughs> Maybe we call ESPN after the we interview. We have a tendency, you know, what's that? <laughs> Maybe we call ESPN after this and yeah. put some things in the sug box. Well, I don't know if it's ESPN. <laughs> I, I think it's, you know, we take those steps it's forward. It's the NCAA, yeah, and wrestling as a whole, right? Yeah, we yeah. take the steps forward, yeah. Yeah, well, we have a mutual friend, Randy Couture, and I've had a chance to socialize with him some and you some, and... <laughs> I, I always tell people I'd love to have your guys' life for like a week. You know, that well, I would love to have won the stuff you guys won, but you know, what didn't put in the work and the time. But you guys you have to be so generous with your time and and you know, even yesterday at Junior Duels, you know, we're talking for two minutes and three people stop you for pictures. And Randy obviously deals with the same thing all the time. You know, what for those of us that don't live that life, I mean it's your normal, but it's very abnormal to us. You know, what is that like? You know, how do you learn to have so much grace in just all these situations? I know, you know, you represent not just John Smith, but the Smith family in Oklahoma State Wrestling. But, you know, tell me what that's like. Mm, that's, that's a lot of, it's a big question. <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess you could think of it that you never get it. You know, what that would be like, you know. Sure. So, you know, That'd you be just, like most of us. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think you just, I think you got to respect it. You know, it's work. Yeah. You know, it's work. Um, it's not bad work. You know, sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes you, you're in a hurry and you try to get somewhere and you need to slow down to take autograph or something. But I, I look at it as a privilege and, and, you know, I, I don't look at it as anything more than that. Just, you know, do your part and, and make someone happy, and it's that simple. Yeah. Don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm a lucky guy. Well, Coach, I can't thank you enough for your time, your generosity, and your insights. You truly are a legend of our sport, but you never act like it. And your friendship to me and my family means so much to me. Best of luck to you, your son, in Oklahoma State this season. Thank you. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.